This is Peeling the Product, episode two. Today's topic is Carvana, and I have been joined by three other product managers, Andrew Bauko, Trent Blackley, and Rupu Sharma. And now, over to Rupu Sharma. Hey guys, um, uh, Rupu here. I've uh, been doing product management, various roles for the um, last seven eight years, currently with Amazon. Um, really love everything about product management. Uh, yep, and really excited to do this podcast. Awesome. Second is Andrew. Come on, Andrew. Who are hey. you? Hey, well, maybe you heard me on episode one, but I'm Andrew Bowker. I'm a product manager currently at IBM. Been in product for four years, been in tech for maybe seven or so. So really enjoying the product role and enjoying this uh, and doing this podcast and creating some fun content. Awesome. Next is Trent. Hey everyone, Trent Blakely, based in Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, have about 17 years of total experience, but eight, the last eight have been in product. Uh, currently work for a data center provider called Equinix. Awesome. And I'm your fourth host, along with three other hosts. I'm Yogesh. I'm a product manager for the last six years, been in the tech industry for 11 years. And very excited to create this content of for the Carvana today. Moderator is Andrew Pauker. Over to Andrew. Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. So, you know, uh, I take a pretty laid back approach to this. So hoping this could be just some buds talking about Carvana in a room, right? Or four separate rooms. But um, yeah, so first question I will start with is, has anybody actually used Carvana here before? I've, I've used um, trying to sell my car recently. I have a, a beat up um, 2005 BMW X3 and I was just trying to sell it. Um, so, so you know, if 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 we talk about the user experience, it it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, it's seamless. A uh, few steps. You know, it access the basic information, um, and maybe like you know, two minutes, maybe like less than that. And you know, they'll they'll offer you. In my case, they offered me four hundred fifty dollars. So that kind of sucked. Uh, but beside that, you know, from the from the product perspective, it, it's pretty easy. They're trying to hedge their risk with your old BMW. Yeah, that, that's what they said. Like, you know, if it's too old, then like, you know, it's not good for us. Yeah. Yes. Uh, great. I did use I, Kawana to sell my car. Uh, the, the process was very seamless. As Rupu said, you just put your win number model number and they, they just put your offer within a minute or so which was really really amazing experience from the seller's perspective uh i was also trying to buy a car but the only one thing which is uh, i'm still very old school in that way is that i want to see my car first i want to drive that car first that experience was missing over there so i didn't go to buying the car through carwana yeah and I've, i used it about a year ago when i was looking at cars and it it really was a you know like like a lot of car dealership sites but probably you know better user interface in a lot of ways um also it also felt like a lot of the images were almost like stock images and i i wanted to see i don't know i think if i recall correctly they were actual images of the car but the way they would like edit them or something made it feel more like they weren't actual real pictures of the vehicle yeah so that made me uncomfortable about you know placing an order 
also it felt like their prices were a little bit higher than market to account for stuff like delivery and and things like that. So, yeah, yeah, I definitely got that feeling as well. Um, I would say just to kind of round out the round out the question, I've used it to search and peruse cars, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I was hot on the trot. I, I never buy used or I never buy new cars. I always buy used cars, and so I've. I've definitely used all of them out there, like car gurus, the blue car, all that, right? Carvana is clean. I got to say it is just, it is a clean experience. Um, and I've always wanted to buy a car on there, but, uh, I haven't yet. So maybe someday when, uh, when I pony up the, the extra cash you just mentioned there, Trent. <laughs> um, yeah. And if I would, if I use Carvana, I would want to do the vending machine. Like have a car picked out and then go there in person and do the vending machine experience. The vending machine is so funny to me. I don't get that. It's like maybe you guys can it's, wait. It, 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 it's a marketing gimmick. So you know yeah. when it comes to vending machine, that's all it is, right? It, it just like you know, even now what do we talk the first thing about Carvana vending machine, right? So like that's the first thing in like you know in, in people's mind because like it's ne- we've never had anything like that. Yeah. So it, it's it's a pure like marketing play. But hey, but Rupu, does it work though? Oh, I'm, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. At least on at least on the YouTube, it does. Like you know, um, don't know about <laughs> in actuality. But have have you guys ever seen one of those uh, one of those in real life? One of those vending machines? I've driven past one, but I've never actually like interacted with it. Yeah, I've driven past one too. I think that is really like that is just one of the best billboards out there. When you're just driving down the highway, you yeah. see the vending machine, and you're like, "Oh shoot, what is that thing?" Yeah. Um, they even mention it in their uh, shareholder report that, "Hey, we've built you know they're up to like 27 car vending machines, like, and they're yeah. patting themselves on the back, which I love, but also you know, like you said, but, it's kind of a gimmick." Yeah, but 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 then you know the concept is not new, right? I, I mean, like you know, I I think like if you go to New York or or you know some of the cities, you have the same concept for parking cars, right? Where you've some sort of like you know vertical parking. So the concept is like you know basically the same, right? You have some kind of identifier, you know, you park a car and then you use that identifier, you know, and get your car down. So so I I just don't think like even technology wise, it's not a new concept or like you know it's not like wow. Yeah, and I, I thought I thought I've seen something like this. Like literally you can buy a car in that same format in like Tokyo or somewhere in Japan. Mm-hmm. Because space is at such a premium. Interesting. But I could be wrong. We're always stealing fun ideas from Japan. So that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So this kind of let me let me tail this into something else here. Like if let's jump into the product some. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it makes sense. Maybe let's start on the business model. Anybody, anybody care to like give a shot at what that might look like? Maybe Yogesh, you wanna you wanna uh, give your two cents on their business model, your pros and cons, what you like, what you don't. I mean, definitely, it started like ten years back. Uh, digital experience, ability to buy a car, and this is a time when Amazon was really, really uh, was was becoming a market leader. And then the idea come that why not we just start a uh, another thing, something like Amazon, but for the cars. And Carvana, as rightly said, is, is is actually called the Amazon of cars in right now in the market. And uh, so, I, what I liked as a customer and is that the experience that you can look at the cars. And you you mentioned in the beginning uh, that uh, yes, a lot of uh, 
and car dealers have the website but again, over here the transparency was very much i love the transparency the win numbers were there the mileage and everything a lot of information was there and they were also guarantee that okay you can return the car back in 7 days uh, if you don't like the car so that was a great business model uh, from the perspective especially for the users who are trying to buy the uh, old cars or the used cars so i love that part of, of that ease of convenience from the user perspective what is still missing from the uh, from the from the business model is the experience the experience to drive the car that's the only thing which is missing from the that experience from the from the buyer's perspective from the seller's perspective it's it's wonderful it's really seamless process you can sell the car uh, there is only one thing which is missing from the is that uh, there's not a hard too much negotiation you can do uh, with a carvana if they offer the price you cannot say i don't want to sell at this price that's a final deal basically so that's the only thing missing from the uh, from the user perspective but lately what i've realized in the market they are offering higher than what you will receive at the car dealers i have seen that with with my own car and i went to the dealer he was offering 8k less than what carvana offered me wow which, which is a wow. great experience and even the car dealer acknowledged that if you sell your car at carvana they will they will offer you more and that will answer one of the question that you said in the beginning that uh, the cars are more expensive on the carvana that is one of the reason why the car are more expensive when you want to buy the car on the carvana yeah yeah it's a good breakdown um you know as product people i think we also we also need to take into account that user experience obviously what you've just talked about is the business model and strategically how they position themselves in the market and so we so as you know in products like they have that digital you know front facing product where you can search and surf for used cars but i think that exp- that holistic experience is not to be not to be you know ignored at all and i think you really hit on it and if you guys don't mind i like i was just thinking about this right before right before we hopped on there are two pain points i think carvana just absolutely crushed it with right you think about if before carvana before like the internet right like what are the two biggest things when you go to buy a used car i again i buy used cars so haggling over the price yes lack of price transparency and haggling over the price okay yes so those are two two of the biggest things the other thing so what do you say yogesh carfax carfax reports okay yeah so you're getting at like trust like verification that the, that the machine yeah. works right so the two things you guys just nailed right and you you got it too right trust and uh price transparency and so for me when i go to buy used cars luckily i know a little bit about cars but before i knew a little bit about cars it was like hey my friend or my dad like somebody come with me and tell me if i'm making a bad decision mm-hmm. and what i think carvana did they did this really well hey we do this 150 point inspection you are buying a machine that works it's trusted it's verified and i promise you it's going to work and we'll take it back if it doesn't right so it was that guarantee it felt like you were there with your friend when you're buying online at carvana and there was no haggling it was like this is the price take it or leave it you know you know it is more expensive so <laughs> i leave it but some people take it and um in fact a lot of people take it because i believe like as in 2020 i was thinking they became like the second most popular used car sales like retail used car sales dealer so a lot of people are using it. 2021 they hit a 1 million mark of selling the car which is a great achievement i mean if you look at the, the used car used market car of america it's 40 million cars 
every year, yeah. which is a big market, $1 trillion you're talking about. But even hitting that, that and you again, you said rightly, Andrew, it's about trust. A person like me who has zero knowledge about cars, it, I always used to look for the people around me who can, who can come with me to buy this car. And it was always a hit or miss. And I don't want to miss. I want to hit, basically. Yeah. And Arvana is giving me that opportunity that I hit every time when yeah. I buy the car with them. Exactly. I've bought one too many beaters in my life that I never want to miss again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's transition gears. I think that's a little bit about the history of Carvana, like how it's set up and, you know, why it's successful and, and you know, why, it, why it's taken off and grown throughout the years. Let's kind of transition into the present day, right? I think this, you know, Rupu or Trent, maybe you guys can chime in like, Give, give us an insight into like, what is the used car market looking like right now? Obviously they've had some recent layoffs, maybe that plays into it. So care to comment on that, uh, you know, the marketplace for used cars right now. This is totally Rupu's domain. So I'm going to just hand it over <laughs> to him. <laughs> well, all right. So, so j- just so that, you know, we don't sound like a Carvana you know, infomercial, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, you know maybe a little um, views on why you know I actually think like you know Carvana's business model totally sucks, right? Really? Um, to 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 Yogi's point, they did start by you know wanting to be the Amazon of car buying, right? That was the whole pitch, you know, uh, uh, to like hey we're a tech company in raising funds and back in 2012 to go to IPO, right? But at the, at the end of the day, you know they're just a marketplace that sells car, right? It's it's digitalized dealership, right? Um, and, and and if you really think about, um, you know how how a car dealerships make money, you know it's on the spread of the uh, buying and selling point, right? It's it's on the it's on the um, uh, um, money from FNI products and adds on, right? Um, so if, if you look at the numbers, and I know this because I used to do car bevy for two years, right? The startup on like car buying. So, so I, I know this a little bit more. So their um, their spread on cars is about like $2,300, right? Um, but long story short, um, you know, I, I just don't think um, it's scalable, right? It's scalable in a point that it's it's a very infrequent buying products, right? They're, they're really like in too many factors that that affects them, right? So let's suppose like, you know, recently, um, how long somebody uh, owns a car, you know, has gone up from 10 years to 13 years, right? That hampers their business model. Most of the F&I uh, they do, which is like 80% of the cars they buy, um, they do their own financing, eventually end up selling that loan to, um, um, you know, Ali and others. Um, a huge chunk of that is like, you know, subprime loan, right? So like, you know, when there's job cuts or like interest rate goes up, right? The price of the car goes up, it really hurts their, hurts their business model, right? Um, from 2012 till now, you know, I think like we've seen only one quarter of profitability. And so far, like, you know, it's been losses and losses and losses, right? Um, and, 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 you know, I, I just think like, you know, from the user side, right, it's absolutely true. It's an awesome experience. But, you know, from the business viability perspective, right, I, I'm not sure like, you know, if they really have a good model, right? And, you know, something Yogi's pointed out, you know, I, I think that's, 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 that justifies this, right? So if, if when Yogesh went to a dealership to sell a car, you know, they kind of offered 8,000 less than Carvana did, right? There's a reason for that, right? So if I want to buy Honda, where would I go? 
I would go to Honda dealers, right? So I know like, you know, if I go to Honda dealers, I will find the Honda, right? Versus me coming to Carvana, right? Carvana needs to make sure that that enough liquidity, right? Where they have enough supply so it can match with the demand, right? So they have to buy cars in the higher price, you know, uh, 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 compared to the market, because if there's no supply, meaning like if I'm looking for the Honda, I don't find it, the user experience just doesn't matter, right? So I think that that's the reason why they always pay more to buy cars, because, you know, that they have to do that to sustain. Uh, so, yep. Dang, who's going to follow that? <laughs> well, uh, well, I'm just thinking about what this group was said, and I'm thinking from the business perspective also, but also uh, justifying something like 8K more. I mean, definitely, even if I get 2K more than the, what the deal is offering, I will still go for the Carvana, right? Why would they offer 8K? But lately, what is happening in the, uh, in the market, especially in the used cars market, what we have seen, there is a there is a less cars are available in the market. Even the car, old cars are going on the premium for Forget about Carvana, even in the if you visit the regular dealer or even if you try to buy from directly from the users uh, or the seller, right now everything is going for premium because there is a shortage of cars in US. So market has changed definitely. I agree with Rupu that they are uh, they have been in losses. In spite of the losses, they did something strange only two days back. Uh, I don't know whether you read about it or not, but they, they acquired the auction place of uh, Edisa, which uh, where you allow to sell and buy the cars. Now they have 57 locations of auction across the US. 2.2 billion they spent on that. Wow. So so definitely they are thinking to diversify their, their business model now. They want to go in the auctions, live auctions at the, at the different locations. Wholesale. I, sorry? Yeah, wholesale. Yeah, wholesale. So definitely they are they're trying to go in a different direction. Uh, uh, I, I personally feel like that's a great approach uh, to diversify the, the model at this the way. How successful they will be, I don't know about that. It's very early to say, but definitely uh, that's my take about that. Yeah. So, so, so one other point is right. Um, if you look at traditional dealership, right? So, what are the, what are the source of income, right? Um, let's suppose you buy a car. You know, you make the money on the spread. You know, you profit. You have your F and I. You have your ads on. Uh, uh, you know stuff like that right but but you know what happens after somebody buys a car right you need maintenance you need all change right uh, and those are all source of additional income right that the car dealership makes right that's that's an additional source of uh, of income versus for carbana you know they really have a single point of revenue right i mean like you know they can't even they have no way to generate revenue once somebody buys the car from them right their, their model is based on making money on an unit level, right? And 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 because like you know, after that, uh, a unit economics is met, you just don't have any opportunities to monetize. And maybe like you know, this is an opportunity for you know Carvan to eventually look at the aspect of car ownership, right? Where buying a car is a starting point, but over time, you know, maybe there's some products offering for maintenance and things like that. And, you know, they can generate multiple source of revenue from the same user. So you, this is the, this is the crux of the issue for them, right? As you said, it's unit economics. And I think I read something you said $2,300 earlier was like the average spread. I think Carvana, since they have like a little bit of an upcharge for that delivery, 
Um, I think I read somewhere that it was like 3,200 or 30, 3,700, something along those lines, which is actually not bad, but then you have to look at the cost of acquisition of a customer, right? Mm -hmm. So how much does it cost for them to get a customer? So, and if that doesn't even out, then it's never, ever going to be a profitable thing. But as you said, I think this is probably up for us as product managers. The exciting thing to think about is how might you as a product manager, if you were VP of product at Carvana, how might you create those revenue streams for the future uh, to get beyond just that single point of revenue contact with a customer and get continuous revenue streams or new revenue streams, obviously, uh, you'll guess you said they're getting into wholesale. So that is that is a move. But from a product perspective, what what options do they have? What what would you guys do uh, or explore or experiment with? I I would love to experiment with rentals also. I mean, if I have a cars, uh, I'm using an old car. So why can't I go into the rental business? I can disturb the industry now. Already there are so many rentals, but I can go in the uh, rental business. Another thing that I'm thinking about which I don't know about how much it's possible business-wise, is that the one thing which is uh, uh, is lacking in the, in the model right now from the customer perspective that I cannot buy the new cars through Carvana. And if we bring that model that along with the used car, you can also buy the brand new car. And there are many people like uh, who are lazy like me, I will talk about myself, that, okay, I just want to spend money. I want to buy that new car. I don't care, just like Amazon. Why not? It's possible. And again, it opened up the more opportunity, just like Rupu said. You want to have a returning customers in multiple ways. There are till now, people, not of people are not coming because they want to buy new car also, not only the used cars. So that's another experience I'm looking forward to. What do you what, what do you what do you think, Trent? Yeah, so a few things come to mind. Um the two two of the immediate ones are kind of like thinking about lifetime value. Um, I know Rupu said like the average time to own a car is 10 years. I mean, I've never owned a car more than three years. Um, so I think there's at least a segment of the market that they could target where that, that likes to change cars frequently or they like to upgrade frequently. They get bored with a, a given car. So there's an angle of you know lifetime customer value um, or lifetime value of a customer, I should say where getting repeat buyers could be really lucrative. And if, if they placed a bet on that and really kind of went after it, I think that that might be a, a feasible strategy. Um, the other aspect had to do with, um, oh man, no, it, it, I lost it. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, the offering mobile service. Um, that I think that might some might be something they could do to you know partner with something like Grease Monkey or you know Jiffy Lube or someone that already has locations and clientele yeah. and say if you buy a car from Carvana you can get it serviced here at a slightly discounted rate or you know we have this partnership and there's these benefits to that partnership and um, and last but not least I feel like the seven day window is a little tight for some people and that you know, extending that just a little bit, maybe 14 day, maybe even 30 day, it would add confidence to those buyers that are kind of on the edge where they might be able to expand their TAM. Yeah, that's definitely an experiment worth considering is that furthering that that trial period. Yeah. Uh, Rupu, did you have did you have something you want to weigh in on that one? 
No, nah, I mean, like, you know, something similar to the same lines, right? I mean, yeah. like, you know, if you want to stick to the same vertical, then maybe, like, more product offerings, right? Like, you know, from cars to maybe RVs to to mm-hmm. bikes, you know, things like that, you know? But but the point is, like, you know, still trying to stick to the same vertical. The other would be, like, okay, maybe, like, you know, you want to scale by targeting new customer segment, maybe, like, luxury car owners, right? Maybe fleet car owners, right? Yeah. Um, things like that. Um, yeah, and you know, if you want to focus from like in you know, the monetizing from um, from the retention perspective, then hey, you know, what are the service offerings that I can provide to you after you bought a car, right? So, so I almost think like you know, there's this certain buckets, and you know, it, it's what do they wanna, what would I if I was a product manager, what would I wanna focus on, right? Yeah, and, and I I think at the end of the day, you know, given the time is 14, 40 million, and you know, my market penetration is really less with. You know, one million cars sold. I would still want to, like, you know, find a way to scale units sold volume. Uh, you know, as a as as a primary growth channel, right? Because at the end of the day, that's what car uh, Carvana is. So. Yeah, yeah. I think you guys you guys had some really good thoughts. Let me let me complete two of them that I was also like kind of imagining. If I'm in products at at Carvana, I'm definitely exploring that rental opportunity. Number one, right? So I've got cars sitting in my vending machine that could easily be driven and they're all nice cars, right? It's like, it's the exact type of cars that people would rent when they get out of the airport. And all of these vending machines are in pretty good locations from what I understand. I mean, they're right off the highway. They're near major interchanges, right? So it's an opportunity like Turo is, is kicking people's butts out there. Yeah. So like, and people are creating literal side businesses off of going and leasing or buying cars and then renting them out on Turo. What's to stop Carvana from becoming like Turo in that space? They've got the inventory. So I think that's definitely an exploration piece that they, they could consider. Um, and then the other thing is you guys were dancing all around this. There's a local company based out of where I live uh, in Durham called Spiff, Spiffy. You may have heard of it. Um, it's a mobile car. It started out as a mobile car wash, but now they're getting into mobile servicing. So with the backbone of Carvana being digital and being mobile first, I think they've got this crazy opportunity to create a um, car ownership as a service, right? So essentially there's this device that people are developing these days where, you know, when you plug in, you plug in the car monitor and it tells you what's wrong with your engine or it tells you what's on yeah. your code. Right. So digitize that and and turn it into a Bluetooth device that reports out those readings to a central system. Okay. so now Carvana has all the data on their Carvana cars to tell them exactly what the mileage is, what the what the reading codes are, what the service codes are. And they could automatically dispatch people to the car's location and go and do that service without you having to do anything. So that's that's that's. That, that's a great point yeah yeah that that's a, that, that really is a great point right and 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 you know um i have a friend um who has a startup called car kenny and hey kenny if you're listening right so the concept is the same right you have this telematics device right uh you know give it free to uh, you know, like fleet management right give it free to everyone who buys a car maybe it's five dollars a month ten you know ten dollars a month that's your way to like you know create that SaaS model, right? Yeah. Um, because you know if you are spending like thirty thousand dollar on a car, right? There's some peace of mind knowing that hey, uh, it's optimized, right? If if nothing, then it's optimized for pure performance. I, I really think you know that's that's a great uh, idea, Andrew. 
Because here's the thing, as a product manager, like think about like the consumer behavior behind this. I don't, so I'm one of those weird people who like hates having a car payment. I've never had, I don't do car payments, right? So I buy, I do cash only. But from what I understand, the average car payment for somebody in America is like $400 a month, right? Maybe, and for a lot of cases, it's more. So in this case, I think you target actually above that less price sensitive segment, segment of the market. Somebody who's paying five, $600 a month, can you, what, I mean, what is the likelihood that you could get that person to pay seven, $800 a month for literal worry-free, never have to think about my car service ever for the right. life that I own it. I'm sure they're paying that. Right. So that's the opportunity. I think that a lot of, a lot of these uh, smaller companies and startups are probably going after. I just paid 2k to my dealer for next two years that I just want to, don't worry about my car and he will take care of anything that is happening to my car. So if I paid UK, I, I imagine a lot of people can, can do that. And, and, and that's, yeah. a, great that's yeah. a great, I, I, I mean like, you know, they could even experiment with like simple things like, Hey, you know, like, so let's suppose I sold a million uh, cars, right? Let me partner with Jeffy Liu, Pep Boys, whatever yeah. it is, right? At the discounted price and do a web share, right? Uh, because the whole point is like, you know, if I want to be profitable based on unit economics, then like, hey, you know, I'm going to send all my guys at you, right? And then, you know, give me a 10% profit share, whatever it is, right? Revenue share. Um, um, because because I, I really think like for them to really, uh, to be, you know, able to sustain long-term, they really have to focus on either like massively going after that growth and penetrating market and being profitable to begin with on a unit level. And if not, then you know, okay, how do I monetize further from, from uh, uh, in the, from a buyer? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I think this is an interesting question. This is probably just a random question and a little bit, you know, a, a little bit of a departure from what we're the the path we're on here. But you know, I think people are probably going to read into the Carvana layoff. Like, so there's a lot of layoffs happening right now in tech. Mm-hmm. Carvana is no different. They're they're one of the ones laying off. Can you can anyone like chime in on on you know the sentiment of that? Right there, there's probably some uh, there's probably some market condition that have driven those layoffs in the used car market. Um, how much do you think of it has to do with product versus how much has to do with just the the nature of the used car market and how how expensive they've gotten through COVID. <laughs> I was actually going to point to something a little bit different that, okay. you know, a lot of these companies that are doing layoffs, they're doing it to hedge their bets. And it, it feels like a lot of what Carvana had been focused on has been that growth at all costs thing. So, you know, for example, what they offered Yogesh for his used car, I think that was to solve supply issues. They're having, they were having challenges, you know, keeping up enough supply to, to meet the demand. Right. And, and they're able to mark it up. Uh, in this kind of market, and people will buy used cars at a higher, higher price these days. But I, I think they're they're trying to solve that with the wholesale business now. That now they probably have a, a pretty decent supply chain of, of the used cars. But it's still their focus was on growth at all costs, even if it meant buying a car for more than they sell it. Yeah, I I really think you know I, I really think. Um, the worst is yet to come for you know Carvana. I I really think that right, and I I think I think like you know twenty five hundred people layoff is is a step 
in mitigating that risk because like, you know, um, pre-COVID interest rate was low, people were getting stimulation check, right? Uh, so maybe like in that friction to buying a car in terms of like, you know, liquid dollar or expendable dollar was high or access to uh, a money at a, at a discounted rate was much more appealing than interest rate being 5%, right? Um, so, 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 and, 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 and the other thing is like, you know, uh, what happens if they're not able to sell more cars because of this interest rate factor, you know, as a result of which they can sell their loans because Carvenant does make a huge, uh, a huge amount of money from reselling their loan, subprime loans to mostly like, you know, um, other banks, right? Um, that's the, so, so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I I just yeah I, I just don't think like you know um, the worst is over for for Carvana like um, and especially like now you know where the car price is dropping and if they have excess inventory right that that's that, that's more loss for them right um, and, and we've already seen the trend that hey uh, you know prices are dropping slowly because there's just not you know too much demand right so. There aren't as many buyers willing to buy right now, especially as yeah. I'm like five percent, like you know, uh, and 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 even those who are willing to pay that, you know, I, I think a fair amount of them would be subprime, you know, borrowers, and you know, it just you know, it's just risky bet um, in that segment right now, right? So, what were yeah. you going to say, Yuvesh? No, I was just about to say that I agree with both of you. I was just is wondering. Um, why why there's not enough buyers and the, one of the reasons there's not enough buyers is because the one of the buyer is is a seller basically so like if i am selling uh, if I'm, i was selling my car old car, used car basically i was trying to buy the new car and the currently the new cars uh, inventory is not not there the wait period is around 8 to, eight to 12 months and also i have to pay a premium right now even on the old car, even the new car. So if, if I have to pay a premium, I'm not willing to sell my used car currently. And I also, because I know the used car market is high right now, I want to sell it very high price. I mean, think about even uh, like when I was getting 8K, I was not offering my car to, to the Carvana. I said, I want more because the premium is really high in the market. So that the shortage is coming from the from the mindset also uh, from the, of the user that uh, he wants to buy the other car, but he wants to make a good money on the used car also, and and vice versa. I think. So I'm gonna go ahead, Andrew. No, I was just gonna say, like, I haven't been in the car market for a while now, but I, you know, I like I said earlier, like I've never considered buying a brand new car, but now it almost makes as a buyer, as a consumer, it almost makes financial sense to do that, go that route, yeah. more so than it ever did. Because of the because of the the supply and demand issue that we have with used cars in the you know three to four years old range. Yeah, I, I also think like you know maybe like people are delaying the purchase because um, you know there's just not so much need. Let's suppose like remote work for one example, right? right. Uh, you know a lot of people are staying home. In my case, so I have a two year old, right? Me, I work from home. My wife works from home. I have a beat up two thousand. Um, you know, a uh, 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 five BMW. I have a paid Toyota Prius, which is like already too small for us, right? But at the same time, you know, what has happened in my life is like I'm having to pay twenty thousand dollars a year on daycare, right? So, like, you know, I just don't want to spend more money buying a car, right? Um, 
So it's just like with every process going up, maybe like, you know, maybe maybe like, you know, the way that's affecting people is that, you know, the mindset that, hey, I'm just going to keep my car longer, right? I'm like, everything's going up. I'm not saving much money, you know? I, I just don't have the need, you know? I'm just going to hold it for one more year, two more years. Um, yeah, there. Yeah, you know, I, I'm kind of thinking like they are in a bit of, so we'll end on, or we'll kind of start closing this chapter here um, on Carvana, but you know, let me, let me tell you guys a story. Like my, my friend was looking to buy, replace a car that died on him. And he was looking in like, he wanted like a 2005, 2006, like sedan that got good gas mileage. Right. Totally not Carvana's ball game. Right. That's not where they play. And even that was really difficult, but his only options were you know, non-retail for the most part. It was it was other buyer, other private sellers, party sale, individual party sale, right? So, the thing with with Carvana right now is the stock and the supply is so low of cars that are three to four years old, which is their bread and butter. Like, how on earth are they going to get through this? And so, my question to you guys is: If you're in product at Carvana right now, you just your your yeah, culture is kind of in the dumps. There's been a lot. There's been layoffs. There's a grim outlook on the used car market. I mean, what on earth are you guys going to be doing in there to salvage the situation or try to turn, you know, turn this into lemonade? I think a, a bunch of it comes back to basics of product of like get a, getting the pulse of the market. You know, you got to talk to people that are prospective buyers, understand what's driving their their decision and see where the opportunities are. Like it, maybe it is those people that have the urgent need to replace a vehicle right now. Maybe they need to expand that sweet spot to, to, uh, you know, have a section where it's, you know, so everything under 10 K or like, here's a bunch of cars that are just their bargains, right. Basement bargain. Um, I don't know, but it, it's, it's the kind of thing you got to do discovery to figure out where to focus. Yeah. I agree with Trent. So I think, again, it goes back to the basics of uh, product management. It's time to do the customer segmentation again. Uh, now you have to go back, like, what whom do you want to target? Uh, I think Rupu spoke about that in the beginning also, about some luxury cars and, and, and maybe expanding towards the trucks and RVs. Uh, they have to think about expanding there. Uh, and again, one thing which we're not talking about right now is what about international expansion? I was thinking about that. And, and that's a great point, a great thinking right now, because if you are not able to sustain in one market, it's a good time to go global. And maybe you have some regulatory issues over there, which you will face everywhere. But again, that's a, that gives you another venue to open up. Maybe you can use the used cars which you're able to sell in US maybe. Maybe you're able to sell that in UK or some other part of the world. Here's my problem with that though, Yogesh. If you look at like their their customer cost of acquisition, it's reverse hockey stick. At the first couple of years in a new market, they're definitely losing money on every unit, right? So in a at a time where they're cash strapped and there's issues and they're doing layoffs, but think going, about expanding to an international market could, I mean, it could. I yeah, mean, it, I, it's a big I, risk. We, we have a great example of Amazon. Like they were losing, losing, losing for the longest of time, but they were still expanding internationally. And we have seen the difference, what they've done over there. Yeah. Yeah. They had AWS so, so, yeah, that's, that's a, 
yeah, that, that, that's a that's a valid point. But like you know, I I think like you know, Andrew has a point, right? Um, so the way I see is like if you want to expand um, internationally or like you know, let's suppose like you know, even nationally in different markets, uh, I would only do that if I pro if I proven my model in my current market, right? What that would mean is like you know, I want to see my profitability or unit economics sustainable in my current uh, current market, right? Because the best way to scale your a uh, 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 business in any model is that you prove your model, you prove your, your unit economics, you make sure it's profitable and you replicate that, right? So like, you know, when you talk about like, you know, network effects, right? The learnings of the network effect is like you have to prove your unit economics, right? After that, you know, you just replicate that, you know, replicate that in the different uh, uh, market, right? Um, and you know, as Carvana stands, you know, I just don't think they've perfected their business model, right? So to me, like in any expansion for Carvana with the same model and then same operations, same like profitability, same like, you know, uh, customer acquisition cost, you know, it, it, it's gonna just like, you know, make them lose more money. It's gonna produce a similar result. Agreed, yeah. agreed. We need repeat customers, which is, which is the yeah. fact. Yeah, you have to like, you've had like, you know, nine years to prove your model, right? And if you're still not profitable on that unit level, you shouldn't even be thinking about like an expense, uh, 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 ex expansion. That just, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, I think we peeled it. Anybody got any final, any, uh, any final thoughts before uh, I, can, I can have a fun closing question? Let's do it. All right. I have a question. Okay. I've been trying to grow my beard, right, like Andrews, and I just can't, like, you know, make it like smooth. So, yeah, well, so I don't know. This is a podcast. If this goes on YouTube, everybody can check it out. But let me just tell yeah. you, it stops here. I've been trying to go for like this is as far as it's gone in two years. I haven't trimmed it; it just doesn't go further. So, huh. there's a shelf life on beard. But um, yeah. let me uh, let me let me end with this. Everybody, uh, I'm putting putting you on the spot, but. Give me 10 seconds. Um, best advice for uh, new product managers just starting out who may or may not be listening to this podcast, trying to get, trying to get into the, the way of mode of thinking of a product manager. Hmm. Can you repeat the question? Sorry. 10 seconds. Best advice for a new PM. Um, All right. I will go first. Go ahead. Since we're talking about Carvana, right? Focus on unit metrics, right? You should always try to optimize your unit economics. Uh, yeah, so focus on that. All right. So spoken okay. like a true Amazon. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Yogesh. So <clears throat> my focus is, is is always about business strategy. I always believe that business strategy drives your your innovation or your uh, your customer empathy. So so think about your business model, uh, uh, and that's again derives uh, unit economics or whatnot. But you have to think about that. What are you trying to deliver, and what do you will be gaining from it, and will it be uh, profitable or not? So that's my advice. For for new product managers, I feel like the best advice is to get inside the head of your user. Even if you are a user of the product, you're not the user, right? 
So understand your market at a, at a larger, from a broader view and understand those personas. There may be many. Um, and then you should start to care about the metrics that your customers care about more than your own. Not saying to ignore your own metrics, but care about theirs even more. Wow. Thanks guys. Good advice. Um, and to your advice. <laughs> I see you already let me off the hook. Uh, my mind's very similar to Trent's. I was going to say, be as close to the customer as you can. So in B2B, that's the customer. In B2C, that's the user. That's my advice. All right. All right. That brings us to the end of another successful episode of podcast, Peeling the Product. See you next week. Thank you.